Welcome to episode 40 of the Aussie Church Leaders podcast, where we want to help Aussie Church leaders or help you inspire people to follow Jesus. Chris, the big four zero. The big four zero. We've landed at episode 40, but episode 40 is in fact a sequel to episode 39, uh, where we got into the gritty nitty around change. The Just gritty nitty. The gritty... <laughs> no, nah, that's a that's a good play on of words. The gritty nitty. The gritty nitty. Okay, yeah, that, it was so good. I didn't. Was even it not the gritty nitty of? We were just wrestling to the ground, really. This idea of change, but then also yeah. within your own church community, really specifically yeah. for Aussie church leaders and for church leaders, um, what that what change looks like within your community, and also how you can almost go about kind of kind of not profiling, but kind of picking your crowd or really your core, or we even talked about your congregation, yeah. kind of these. Um, three different, uh, I don't know what we call them, whether that would be levels or really um, people and their relationship to the church, how we can identify some of those key people within our within our community um, and best help them in times when we are leading through change. Mm. Yeah, and I think if you haven't listened to episode 39, before you um, listen to this episode, go back and listen to it because mm. um, it'll be really, really helpful. I think too often one of the challenges is People want to jump in and start leading change because you're a leader and you know you want to see things happen before we take the time to figure out um, our audience and our people and our community and understand the relationship dynamics around change. So understanding those relationship dynamics on the front end yep, foundation. will save you a lot of, let, let's just say unnecessary hurt because change is always painful. It's always mm. going to hurt, but there are a lot of things we can do to avoid it. It's nitty gritty, isn't it? It is. It is, it is the gritty nitty. <laughs> gritty nitty, some would say. <laughs> that was episode 39. Pause now, jump into 39 if you haven't if you haven't engaged with it already. But episode 40 today, the big four zero. Big four zero. The sequel, the part two. Chris, what are we focusing on today? Well, I want to I want to look at four really practical ways that you can lead through change. Mm. So. Um, and they all do center around exactly what we talked about last week, like understanding the audiences of, of change, not last week, last month, last, last episode. Month. Last month. Um, and the first, the first key thing to understand when you are leading through change is that all people are created equal, okay? Mm-hmm. We would all agree that, but their value varies when it comes to leading through change. Yeah. Now, yep. What, what I mean by that is, is that everyone has inherent value. When it comes to leading through change, we're not talking about um, people's, you know, whether someone is created equal or not. We're talking about how effective or what's that person's mindset when it comes to leading through change. So Mm. for for example, um, as we talked about, like someone who who is a five, you know, in the audiences of change, someone who's, part of your core, but they have, they're really, really resistant to change. They're, they're what's called a prosecutor and they're gonna point the finger at you. They're gonna um, throw snarky comments at you maybe. They might you know, start some rumors around change, but they only make up 2.5% of the audience. Mm. So in terms of their value to mm. helping navigate change, the value is literally 2.5%. Yep. So out of 100 people, that's two and a half people. That's, that's not a hugely valuable um, group to mm. potentially focus all your effort and energy on mm-hmm. when it comes to navigating through change. And, and I would actually say, you know, um, we, we included it in the show notes last time and we can do it again this time as well. Um, in order to help you, I think, think about this and understand different audiences value to change, what I would encourage you to do is actually uh, get a pen and paper out and list uh, the different audiences of change in order from 
most valuable to least valuable. So there'll be nine um, in order from most valuable to least valuable. And when you actually- This is within the context of- Of, of your, yeah, who's yep. gonna be the most valuable audience in yep. helping you move change mm-hmm. forward or bring about the change mm-hmm. you want. And often, um, what, what, you'll, what you'll discover is as you list these out, it'll show you, I think a lot of the time that we don't spend time mm. with the audiences or the groups of people that are gonna help us add, move change forward mm. um, the most. Mm. Mm. So the exercise being kind of put those in order. And are we talking about your most ideal order of what's been going on currently where you see that? No, your most, your most ideal your order. Most ideal. And then you can probably, if you want to, that's a great idea, Line is create a second. Mm. Yeah, and see, hey, where do I spend the most amount of my time. If I was to create a second list that goes, where is my time being spent at the moment? Then order those, mm. order those mm. people. Great exercise and a great first learning. Now yeah. there's, there's three more here. Yes, because, because the second, and the reason I want you to do that first is because of this second kind of idea that you'll always be tempted to dedicate your primary focus and attention to the wrong audiences, mm. right? Because the wrong audiences often make the most amount of noise. Mm. And so we, you they're know, the loud voice in the room. They're the loud, exactly. And so like, let's look at the, let's look at the prosecutors because we're kind of picking on them a little bit before. So let's pick on them a little bit more. Um, is they only make up 2.5% of the, uh, of the community. Yep. But because they're known to you, because they're part of the court, they have access to mm-hmm. leaders. You can hear their voices mm-hmm. much more than you would hear other people's yeah, voices. They got the influence as well. Exactly. And the reality is you're probably not going to convince them anyway. Mm. But we can spend so much time trying to convince them of something they're not going to be convinced of that we actually don't spend time with, say, for example, number one, the champions. Mm. And the champions, they they love it. They agree with the change, but they're not going to say anything because they're on board. And then the 2.5% as well, aren't they? Exactly. So if you're weighing up like, oh, who do I want to spend more time with? Well, if I had to pick between two of the 2.5% groups, I'd probably go to the champions Mm and give them language around, hey, how do I cast vision? Or I could spend time with 10% of my core, which is the investigators. And they're the people who like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm curious about this. I think there's some merit to this, but I'd like some more information. Mm. And I could hit double groups one and five in group two. By just leaning in on- Just leaning in to the investigators and, uh, and helping them understand um, and focus my attention on them. The, mm. the most valuable group, this is a key key point um, that will help people figure out the exercise in part one. The most valuable group is actually group four. Group four. Group four. And group, that's, because where does group group four is sitting? This is our patrons. Mm. This is the 50%er. This 50%. Is the, they should be at the top of your list. Mm. They should be at the top of, at the top of your list because <clears throat> they have the biggest, far and away, the, the next, the next largest group is 10%. This group is absolutely huge. So you have to figure out how do I leverage that group? And typically the way you leverage them is by, you know, getting your champions, your investigators, um, and your enthusiasts on side Mm -hmm. and allow them to influence this 50%. Yeah. But if they're not the most important and you don't recognize that they're the most important, then you can kind of spend time, you know, like with the fives or with the sevens or or with the nines Mm -hmm. and navigating that. There you go. So key learning number two. Mm. I will always be tempted to dedicate my primary focus and attention to the wrong audiences. Beautiful. 
Now, two more key learnings. Here. Two more key learnings. Yes, away. we gotta love it. Well, key learning three is you've got to understand your audience um, to effectively communicate to them. Mm-hmm. You need to understand your audience to effectively communicate that to them. For example, the investigators don't necessarily want to be inspired. They want to understand why. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so when you're talking to the investigators, it's important that you go in and you kind of give them a little bit more of the nuts and bolts that you you um, maybe give room for questions and answers in that time that you allow them to dig deep and, and help help them understand. And, and when you understand that the investigator just wants to ask a lot of questions so that they can better understand, then you can better serve them mm-hmm. through this change. <clears throat> Group one, they're the champions, right? So they, you know, you probably what you want to do is you want to inspire them, mm-hmm. you want to um, energize mm-hmm. them, and you also really want to give them language of how they can cast vision for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a group is is the enthusiasts. These are the these are the people that are like part of the congregation. <clears throat> They're not massively going to like, um, you know, necessarily lead the change. Yep. Yep, yep. But if you're talking to the enthusiasts, you can be like, hey, here are some of the things I want you to get excited about. Here are some of the things I want you to talk about. Here are some of the things I want you to... Yeah, and that's when they just go ham. Like they can pick that up. And then again, when we're looking at the, the enthusiasts, like that, that influence and that energy as well can be the very thing that gets people alongside of even that resistance to change at times, yep. getting excited about it. So. Yeah. So if you can get people excited about this and you know what those groups are, um, are thinking, you know what some of those groups' biggest pushbacks are going to be, mm. then it doesn't mean that you'll always avoid conflict because you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But it means that you can approach them in a way that at least addresses some of their biggest concerns or challenges mm. or pushbacks to to whatever change it is you're trying to mm. um, navigate through. Yeah, so you're really setting yourself up and prepping yourself up with an approach that can best hit that kind of audience or that that kind of person that we're, yeah. that we're talking about here. And I think the key here is to understand that we want to be effective in our communication. Mm. Right? So what does effective look like? We're putting that in quotation. Exactly. It's got to be effective to that audience. I mean, we've all been in um, different spaces and places where you just like sit there and you just think, this is just not effective right mm. now. This is not helpful. This is not... I mean, it, it, it would be this, you know... Often what's effective in a lecture hall is not effective when it comes to a workshop, yep. that style of communication. Yep. And and, and uh, again, our youth leaders and our children's leaders will know this. What's effective in children's ministry and youth ministry mm. is not as effective. Yeah, well, it's different language, different voice, different tone. There's so many things, people's different way of engaging with things as well. And that can be generational too. Yeah, and a lot of that doesn't have to do with the message you're trying to get across. Yeah. It's to do with the audience yeah. that you have in front of you. I mean, yeah. you know, from the same thing that we want primary school is to understand that, hey, God loves you, God died on the cross for you for the forgiveness of your sins. You want adults to understand mm. that too. Mm. But your effectiveness in communicating that to them depends yeah. on how well you understand, mm. excuse me, the audience that's in, in front of you. And this is exactly the same thing for change too. Mm. I think we sometimes forget, like, because we kind of think, oh, you know, I'm dealing with adults or I'm dealing with young adults or I'm dealing with leaders now. We forget that we have to tailor our approach mm. to them still. It's also just not coming alongside of your leaders or going to a leader where you really know nothing about what's going on within their own life yep. <laughs> and how this change might be playing into that as well. It's actually understanding your audience and understanding the person to a degree yeah. If I can say to some way um, as well, 
but effective communication hey, even coming through with just clarity as well I think that comes down to your approach and your prep when you're coming into it you know I just know I've been in conversations before where I've been on the receiving end of it but also where I've, I've caught up with people before caught up with leaders or I've had a, a leader even say to me someone leading me where you know I've come out of that conversational chat and I've just got no idea what's going on next I've come out of it with more questions which at times can be a good thing but come yep. out with questions where I'm just like I've got no idea what just happened then and what was communicated to me um, so clarity even being in that effective communication too I know that's something I'm trying to grow in yeah and I think this leads to I think this leads to the key learning four mm. which you kind of highlighted is that the, our pace and approach must vary to accommodate each unique audience mm. So what mm. that means is that the like both the pace and the approach. So for example, again, number ones because you know I love I love the number ones. They're, they're you know they're they're the champions. Yeah, they're going to get on top of it. Um, you can very quickly buy them in, mm. which means that you just got to cast a lot of vision. Yep. Yep. Whereas for for someone who um, is a little resistant to change, you might need to understand. You know what? This is actually going to be a slower process than what I thought. This might take two or three opportunities mm. to get together and for the investigators maybe that means again this is that approach thing is um, it's less about inspiring and more about engaging and answering mm. questions mm -hmm. for them mm. and so that pace might say hey i'm going to talk a little bit about this then i'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about this and bring any of your key questions back to the larger yeah. group yeah. and then we're going to give you some time if you'd like to maybe to follow up with me after this or follow up with our team or some of our key leaders after this and get a coffee or talk mm. about it. Mm. And so that pace is a little bit slower and the approach is a little bit more personal. You still say, hey, this is where we're going, this is what we're gonna do, but you give a little bit more time for someone to get on board mm. and to understand. Just absorb it and soak in it a little bit too. And, and it is, it's recognizing that each unique audience might need that little pace we, we need that just within our mindset too. yeah and i think a really good a really good analogy to think of is the idea of um let, let's say you you're, you're a runner mm -hmm. and you haven't trained for a while yeah okay when you start to go back to training you don't you don't go back to running the same speed sessions at the same pace mm. that you used to you know say three or four yep. months ago if you yep. had a little bit of an injury or an off time mm -hmm. What you have to do is you kind of go, right, my approach has to change. So I have to build up a little mm. bit more. Then my pace can increase mm. a little bit more. And the same thing is true depending on our audiences. We have to know, hey, are these people who understand where we're going? If so, my pace and approach can be really, really quick. Yeah, it can be faster. And it's so true. And I think, you know, it's this it's this other tension of leading through change, which is change in itself, is that for some of us, when it comes to leading through change or experiencing change, we want to see the change happen like bang like mm. this and it needs to be fast approach and we bring that in as we and what we're talking about to every audience or every kind of you know champion investigator enthusiast like across the board like we're expecting like fast-paced change where it's also recognizing like another tension of change is sometimes like okay well this change is going to happen let's let's allow it to happen over this space of time mm. with this timeline and it's going to be slow and it's going to be like yep. where it sometimes that can actually linger out so far that it actually creates more resistance to the change or it creates more confusion or yeah. less clarity so what i'm hearing is it's not just a matter of like this has to be a slow pace or it has to be a fast pace or it has to be in the middle again it's coming back to understanding your audience and mm. recognizing that when it comes to your approach you actually need to, to understand that your pace is going to be kind of 
almost custom fit. Exactly. And I, I think as well, one of the things that we we miss and we forget as leaders is that even if we're trying to pioneer a change or we're trying to you know navigate something, let, yeah. let's say you want to. Um, you want to change a little bit of the way that you do, say, your youth on a Friday night mm. to, to more effectively mm. achieve the win. Well, one of the things as a leader is, first of all, you had to notice something was wrong. Yep. And then you had to think about it. Mm-hmm. And then you had to do some research. And then mm-hmm. you had to figure out what the best way moving forward was. Mm. And so we forget, I think, mm. sometimes as leaders that we have actually gone through this whole change process ourselves. Yeah. And so by the time that we get up to talk about, hey, here's this great new idea, here's yeah. this great way forward, we've been thinking about this for sometimes it's a months. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, so then why should that change just happen like that? For, yeah, and we expect <laughs> others on the other side to go, hey, here's uh, my great board, new idea. I figured all this out and now we're going to run with it because I, yeah, yeah. And so sometimes as well as a leader, when you're Hard going through process. that process, it's great to just make notes of like, yeah. what was my pushbacks? Mm. What were my resistance? Yeah. What were the things that I didn't, you know, struggled with mm. to begin with? Because those are things that your audience, and then I think we, we, can cut ourselves a little bit more slack. Because as leaders, right, I, I get it. You know, you want to move things forward, but sometimes you get frustrated with leaders mm. for not picking it up at the pace you want. When really you should get a little bit frustrated at yourself because you had an unrealistic expectation mm. Mm. For, for how quickly others would adapt to it. And the reality is it's unrealistic because you, even as the leader, the point leader, you didn't move at that speed. Mm. Mm. You weren't there at that speed. So you've got to be a little bit more generous yeah. with the leaders. Yeah in the room and that's the goal in it right that's the learning opportunity for yourself mm. as a leader in just self-awareness and learning more about yourself and i love even just that idea of documenting your own processes down as you're mm. going through a time of change or a season of change because uh, it does it gives you an opportunity to kind of put yourself in the shoes of those you're leading um and it's just a great yeah a great reflection practice as well so that's great four key learnings there the Chris, four do you want me to recap them? If you could, mate. That would be ripper. Easy. The first summarize episode 40, the 40th. Mate, the uh, four key learnings for the 40th um, is all people are created equal, but their value does vary when it comes to leading through change. So make that list of one to nine. Four is going to be the most bang for your buck. Mm. Um, they're the largest and they're the most important group when it comes to that bell curve. Um, second key learning is you will always be tempted to dedicate your primary focus and attention to the wrong audiences. And I know this is hard because in leadership we care for people. Um, so we sometimes gravitate towards the loudest voices, but you can't afford to do that when it comes to change. Mm-hmm. Um, the third is this, that the more you understand your audience, the more effective that your communication will become. Um, that's all about knowing people and, and understanding where they're at in the journey. And then the final key learning is that your pace and approach needs to vary to accommodate to each unique audience when you're talking to them. Awesome. Hey, we would love to hear how you go with some of these exercises and activities as well. Um, In fact, we'd love to hear if you've been through a real or led through a time of change or been part, almost like a participant in the movement of change Mm. as well, the flow of change, we'd love to hear from you too. Maybe there's things coming out of today's episode you're like, oh, I've got some questions about that or I've had an experience or, hey, I'd actually really uh, enjoy a conversation around this particular topic. We'd love to leverage that. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to engage with you and also bring that conversation to the forefront because uh, we know that you probably have a big heart as well for inspiring Aussie church leaders too. And, and we want that uh, this to be a space where, where you can do that because we get stronger uh, when we talk about things together. So you can do that uh, through jumping on Instagram. You can get in contact with Chris 
at, at Chris Podlick, P-O-D-L-I-C-H, or myself at Riley Connor Brown, R-E-I-L-L-Y is the spelling on that one. Everything else is fairly standard, nothing too special there. Um, but and if you, want us, you want us to um, answer a specific question, maybe you're wrestling through a change or you're a leader or mm-hmm. something like that and you have a specific question you'd like us to answer, you can go to our website. Oh, best way to do it. Beyondchurch.com.au forward slash Aussie Church Leaders and you can actually submit your question uh, and we'd love to answer that on a future episode of the podcast. That's it. That's the hotline for it. Head to the website slash Aussie Church Leaders. We'd love to engage with you there. Um, but we'd love to know too how you found this episode today as well. Um, you can always drop a review um, or even a rating too. Um, but hey, thanks so much for engaging with us. Chris, the 40th episode. I just can't. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. It's been a few years. Yeah. It's been a few. It's been, it's been a few. 40 years. It's been 40 No, 40 months. years. 40. It has been yeah, 40, wow, 40, 40 months. months. 40 months. What a time. What a time. To be alive. Hey, well, we're excited to to have you back for episode 41. We can't wait. And remember, you don't have to do everything today, but you can do one thing that will help you inspire more people to follow Jesus. We'll see you next time.